Welcome to the Coworkers Podcast with Jesse and Shaney, where every believer is a coworker in God's mission. Hey, friends, welcome back. Yeah, I hope everybody's doing well. We just got back to our city after five weeks in the States. Yes, and we are still fighting the jet lag. 100% jet lagging. And but. how are you feeling after your three soccer matches this morning? <laughs> Uh, pretty tired. Yeah. <laughs> pretty worn out. My big toe is really sore. Actually. Oh, wow. Well, that's happens. It does when you <laughs> play soccer. Well, we wanted to tell you all that we are making a new website, having a new website built. So you can look forward to seeing that in the next month or so. And we're going to have some new tools on there. Mm -hmm. And we also wanted to invite you all, if this podcast has been benefiting you, to leave a review on Apple or Spotify or Google or whatever you use. Yeah. That would be really helpful. We're trying to make a bit more effort to get the word out to others. Yeah. We've got a lot of good feedback from folks out there, just people that we have come across. So we appreciate that. And that has helped motivate us to continue to put time into this and give attention mm -hmm. to it and just try to broaden our voice a little bit. We... Um, Recently crossed 50,000 downloads, yeah. hun. Yeah. That feels significant. It does. I don't know if it should, but it does. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. So we're just hoping for more. And if you could help us, that would be great. We'd appreciate it. So we're doing kind of a little two-part mini-series right now. Last week, we did an episode on prep for goers. So for those of you all in the States who are preparing to move overseas as missionaries, we shared eight ways to become the missionary that every team leader wants. Mm -hmm. And Take now notes. we want to kind of turn the tables a bit and give some tips for churches. Mm -hmm. How can churches become the sending church that every missionary wants? There you go. <laughs> uh, like we did last time, talking about Timothy as we started, the one who Paul wanted to accompany him. And so becoming from your local church context, the kind of person that a team leader would want to say, hey, come alongside. I want this person to join my team. We're going to start by looking at the first and most prominent, probably sending church that we know about in the New Testament is the church in Antioch from Acts 13. We've gone over this many, many times. If y'all been in trainings or meetings with us, we refer back to Antioch in this particular passage over and over again as setting for us the standard biblically of the start of ascending church, what it looked like for a church to intentionally send out people. So here it is, Acts 13, verse 1. Now they were in the church at Antioch, prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. So just a, a couple things to note here at the beginning, just in the same way that we would say maybe Timothy would be a type or a prototype for us of the person, the young person that we would say, hey, we want this person to come join our team. In a similar way, the church in Antioch, a lot of ways functions as a type for us as churches to say, hey, man, we want to follow this pattern. We want to be one in spirit in our leadership. We want to be attentive to the voice of the spirit. Because note, it says, you know, it makes careful to point out, Luke, the author here, that they were sent out by the Holy Spirit there in verse 4. And so the, the Spirit does the appointing, the Spirit does the choosing, and the church does the affirming and laying on hands and sending. And so just a, 
kind of think about from the very beginning, before we even get into these points, a church that in its heart is oriented towards what the Lord wants and is even open to sending their best leaders to the nations. Uh, And ultimately, it just comes down to being obedient to what the Lord says. Now, that takes time to cultivate. That's a heart attitude, a heart posture in your church that really starts from the top. And so as we walk through these these keys, yes, this is a ways for everybody in the church to be involved, ways for everybody to take part in this sending. But I do think it's notable that the people it names by name here at the beginning of chapter 13 are the leaders. And so just an encouragement to those of you who are leading in churches uh, that really these types of things, this attention on sending, this vision casting for the nations, it really has to come from the leadership in the church. Now, if you're not leader leader uh, in your church, don't despair because I think that the Lord can still uh, use you to lead upward, use you to maybe even influence the broader culture in your church. But just to recognize that this needs to be a church-wide thing. This needs to be a heart that's oriented towards the Lord and what He wants and an openness to the Spirit and a heart for the nations. And that we hope that these things are some of the practical things we talk about would be born out of that desire on the part of your church to really participate, to be open-handed and to listen to the Spirit like the church in Antioch was. As they sent out the first you know, Saul, who would become Paul, and Barnabas, obviously that dynamic missionary team who started it off. And one reason that we found this is an important topic to address is that many churches have a cohort or an internship to develop pastors. Right. And so we want to help churches have a similar program to develop missionaries. That is a stewardship of every local church. Yeah. So we want to share on this episode six priorities for churches in raising up missionaries and in just making a whole congregation who has a heart for the nations and that is educated on missions and is involved in the Great Commission. Yeah. We were just in a a large meeting with our mission sending organization a couple of weeks ago. We were reminded by our leadership that the work we take part in is the greatest work in the world. And I don't think that's an overstatement that making disciples of the nations is exactly what our Lord commissioned all of us as the church to do. Now, that doesn't mean that all of us necessarily are goers, uh, but everybody has a part to play. Everybody has a piece. Everyone has a stake in that Great Commission work. And I think that's why this particular conversation is so important, because the majority of people are going to be senders, right? The the goers are going to be the percentage, and the majority of folks are going to be senders. And so this is really to answer the question, how can we be good senders in that greatest work in the world? So priority number one is vision casting for sending in the church at large. This is really just putting the nations before our people. Again, thinking about leadership, thinking about preaching and teaching from the pulpit that are the nations mentioned? Is missions highlighted from the pulpit? Does the church as a whole, do we think about missions? Is it evident in the ways that we spend our money, the ways that we pray, the ways that we talk, is it evident that the nations are on our heart as a church? Is it evident in the things maybe that we do special prayer for, or the things that ways that we're connected with what's going on around the world? Is there awareness about things like the Joshua Project, about things like people groups? Is that something that gets taught and preached from the pulpit regularly? This is such a huge key. Don't despair if you're not in the pulpit in your church. This is something hopefully that you see and that... Um, you're able to experience maybe in a small group setting or something like that, but also just to feel free to 
talk to your leaders about that. And then just use the voice that you have in whatever avenues the Lord has given to you to highlight this work and to make sure to keep pressing on it, to keep putting it in front of people, to keep encouraging other people to learn more about it. You know, there's been periods in church history when the focus on the nations and talk about what's going on outside of what is normal for us and what's our kind of normal circle of influence and area of influence, that those those times have waned throughout church history. And it's taken people who've been lit up with this passion, with this vision to reignite that. That's exactly what William Carey was doing when he published his inquiry into how to get the gospel basically to restart missionary thinking. And so that's the the responsibility that all of us have as great commissioned Christians, as people who are called, people who are part of that commission. We've received it. Again, maybe not all of us are the goers, but as the senders, that's something that we steward at the local church level. And so just elevating that every chance that we get, making sure that the nations are on people's radars, that we're praying for them, we're highlighting what's going on, all that stuff as a church. Yeah, I can give one super simple example of a way that you could start on this. My mom leads music at our small home church, and she every week has a people group, an unreached people group that she leads the church in praying for. The missions moment. The missions moment that they have every Sunday. And it just keeps it on everybody's mind and it keeps the church united in the fact that they are not only there for maintaining and and loving their own community, but that they are thinking towards the nations. That's right. I'll also say we've had a lot of different church partnerships over the years in our time overseas which is uh, important to us. It's a stewardship that we take seriously, helping our home churches be more involved in mission work. And there's a notable difference when the leadership of the church, and especially the head pastor, is really passionate about reaching the nations and when he's not. And so that is something that I would just give a word of encouragement to you leaders on. Think about your own home church pastor, you know what he's passionate about. And that's going to be contagious. Mm -hmm. And so I would encourage you all, man, if your staff can go on mission trips and get more of a heart for the nations, then that is going to spread to your fellowship. Mm -hmm. People will know what's on your heart. Yeah, that's right. Having that as a constant thread in sermons and meetings and prayer and goals for sending and having missionaries speak, all of those are ways. In your small groups, in the teaching there, just the way that you just suffuse throughout the culture of the church, an idea or of an intentionality towards the nations, thinking about them. So that's number one, vision casting for sending. The second priority is training for evangelism and disciple making. So teaching your church, having classes where you teach simple gospel tools, where you go out together and share the gospel in your community, where you practice together, maybe you share in partners in the church, and then you go out and actually do it together in your community, where you have accountability, maybe in your small groups, sharing ways that you've had opportunities to share the gospel in your community. But having that evangelism as the norm being a part of your church culture. We've really found over the years, it's just a a truism that 
the people that make the best missionaries are the ones who are the most involved in EV and disciple making in their own contexts. And honestly, I think that that's a huge part of even calling out people. And so this is, as we talk about training for evangelism and disciple making, this isn't just a focused or targeted training just on the people who are going out. This should be for everybody. Every believer is, we believe, compelled by the Great Commission to make disciples of all nations wherever they are. And so this is something that we pray would just be a part of your whole church culture, that this would be the norm, is that people are regularly getting trained in evangelism and disciple-making, that there's regular patterns of accountability, there's support, there's community around that. People are encouraging each other in that. That is the, I would say, pivotal preparation for people who are coming out to the field, is that they have demonstrated ongoing faithfulness in this particular task. And I would encourage you, if if that sounds daunting, to just get a simple tool that you really practice and that is a great first step in people being able to do that and making it something that you rejoice as you all have opportunities to share. Our evangelism professor in seminary always said evangelism is caught more than it's taught. And I really, really believe that. So having a culture where you can have some leaders who are excited about EV. Actually, they don't have to be leaders. Anybody who's excited Mm -hmm. about EV who can be sharing those testimonies and that will get other people excited about it. That's right. Yeah. Number three, educating for missions. You know, there was a period of time when a lot of churches in the States, and I'll just speak specifically Southern Baptist churches, had training about missions for young people. I mean, even going through Sunday school, from the very beginning or from a very young age in church, kids were learning about missions. And that was just an understood thing. That was kind of an assumed thing. Over the past couple of decades, a lot of those things have gone by the wayside. There's just not that that line of training from basically cradle to the grave in a local church where they can learn about and hear about the nations, hear the the biographies of great missionaries from the past, hear about the great need in uh, for the gospel around the whole world. And so just thinking intentionally as a church about how can we fill that gap? Maybe even again, thinking about how do our young people get access to hearing about missions? How, do, how are we addressing it in our small groups? Uh, what are some maybe prepackaged uh, training that we can bring into our small group and use it as curriculum? There's lots of good stuff out there. Perspectives you know, has been around for a long time. That's a great place to start if you don't have another one. Um, there's these days, though, tons of great resources that just takes a little bit of intentionality, a little bit of searching, a little bit of research to find those things, a lot of things that are even free and that are available for you to be able to use and to teach your people good missiology and good just awareness about what God's doing all around the world. And I can share that you can grow up in a good biblical church without really understanding the meta narrative of the scripture hmm. that shares God's heart for the nations. That was me. I really didn't learn that until seminary. And I feel like that's something every Christian should learn. So again, you don't have to have a super fancy program, but man, if you can teach people from the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, the theme of God's heart for the nations, that is so helpful and so important and so inspiring and gives the Holy Spirit something to work with in terms of calling people to this work. That's right. It's such a beautiful theme in scripture. Yeah, that's right. Okay. 
So the first one was vision casting for sending. The second priority is training for evangelism and disciple making. The third priority is educating for missions. And the fourth is partnering strategically. So in this one, we're talking about just cultivating good international partnerships that are focused on that core missionary task of evangelism, disciple making, church planting. We all know that there's all kinds of missions out there uh, that do all kinds of different things. And so here's where we would just really recommend that you find people who are involved in that frontline church planting work. The pattern that we talk about here all the time, the pattern I think that's demonstrated in the New Testament of taking the gospel where it isn't, seeing the gospel planted, disciples and leaders raised up and the church planted and multiplied in that place for God's glory among all nations. I would just be very honestly, very choosy as a church. If you're a a missions pastor, if you're somebody who's a part of the missions committee or whatever, I would really dig in to what people and what their teams are doing on the ground and find people, not to say that those other things are illegitimate. I'm not not trying to uh, throw shade on anybody who's doing other types of mission work. There's a need for those things. There's a need for those things to be supported as well. But I do think there's a priority on disciple making among the nations that we have to be serious about as well. And and honestly, I think the reality is that a lot of churches uh, that we've come in contact with over the years, if you examined the proportion of their missions involvement, it would fall pretty heavily on the side of more kind of social work or orphan care or things like that. And again, praise God for those ministries. I think there's just a great need for this core missionary task that we see demonstrated throughout the scriptures and highlighted in this ministry, even that we just talked about from Acts, is they're being sent out to do that thing, sent out to proclaim the gospel, Saul and Barnabas, in new places, see the gospel take root and churches multiply. So look for teams that are doing that, and then start building that relationship with them and sending out short-term folks from your church to go and be a part of what, what they're doing on the ground. Yeah, I was just thinking about what our friend Vance Pittman always says, that we shouldn't call it missions. Mm. We should call it the mission that every church is commissioned for, Mm. the mission, the great commission Mm. of making disciples in all the nations. And that is the priority. So if you're not there yet, that's okay. There are steps that can be taken to build up to having that full partnership where maybe you're focused on an area or a people group. But we have actually found that it's really helpful to find missionaries on the field to partner with. It can make the partnership more clear and provide ways for you to send church members to become strategically involved in the work. That is something that we do as a team And we have a process for churches to partner with us. So they're not coming and just seeing our culture and seeing our work, but they're actually adding man hours to our work and going back more equipped to pray and more equipped to reach the nations where they are. Just going to throw it out there. If you feel like you are at a loss and thinking about where to even start with that, you can email us and ask us about places to get connected. We won't necessarily connect all of you with our team, maybe in our work on the ground, but we know tons of people who could use those types of good church partnerships. Mm-hmm. Good job name dropping on that when you said our friend Vance Pittman. He I like is that. our friend. He is our friend. Totally. <laughs> he That's is. Right. I know. And our other friend, David Platt, told me to never name drop. You know? <laughs> oh, wow. Gosh. You like that? <laughs> All right. The fifth one is to train your sent ones. 
really our last time in the States, extended time in the States, we spent a lot of time meeting with churches and talking through this, these priorities for sending churches. And what we found is that there are many young churches these days that do have a pastoral training track. They're very intentional about sending out well-qualified people uh, to, to lead in churches in the U.S. And so we just began posing the question, what would it look like to build a parallel track in your churches that is equipping and sending out well-qualified people to be team members, to be team leaders in this work on the field and among the nations as well? And so this is really just a, maybe for your church might be the biggest step of intentionality to actually put together a training process for them. Now, I think this can this can happen in a variety of ways. You don't need to hear, you know, training cohort or missionary pipeline and think like, oh, we've got to, you know, totally reinvent the wheel. It's got to be this big official thing. I think there's a lot of lots of ways that different churches are addressing this. And really the core of it is, are you intentionalizing training uh, and just spending time with people that helps facilitate the things that we talked about in the last episode? right? Those things that we want to see potential goers growing in that would make them a team member that a team leader would want to recruit, that they would want to look at this person like a, Paul did to a Timothy and says, I want this person to accompany me. I want this person to join my team. And so helping walk the people in your church who've expressed some kind of desire or calling in that direction, help them walk through those things that we walked through in the last episode and really firm those up in their hearts Make sure they're going deep and abiding. Make sure that their spiritual life is deepening and broadening, that they're being intentional and consistent in sharing the gospel, that they're growing in their understanding of the scriptures and what that core missionary task is and what uh, what the true gospel is and what true discipleship looks like and what true biblical healthy church looks like, all those things, that they're deepening in those things, that they're getting rooted and grounded in, in good biblical community, they're participating in church well, that they're leading their families well, all those things that a lot of which is really just, this is what most believers should be doing with just a few added intentional pieces to help them specifically as they're thinking about going to the nations. If somebody, here's the question that we've gotten a lot of mileage out of asking church leaders. If somebody comes to you and says, I feel like the Lord may be calling you to missions. What's your answer for them? What do you tell them to do? And we want to help churches have an answer to that to say, okay, well, here's the next step, or here's here's the person you talk to, or here's the training we'd like you to walk through. Really just to have something where you can help people shepherd, help shepherd people through that process, help them take the next step in obedience and faithfulness. In our last stateside, I was noticing a lot of the churches that we were corresponding with had pastoral development cohorts. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, man, if you're a woman in that church, you don't really have a clear pathway. If you really are like, I want to serve the Lord. I want to grow in ministry skills. And if we look at our mission force on the field, we do have a lot more women than men. And if we look at the biblical example, Paul's coworkers were men and women. And so this is just an important thing for churches to do in Mm -hmm. developing men and women in their church to go to the nations. Yeah. Yeah, such a key piece. Again, like many of these things we've talked about, like training for evangelism, disciple making, this should be a broad funnel. Even thinking through the stages of training, the way that you would roll this out in your church, you want to provide an avenue for people to explore, for people to respond to the way that the Spirit is leading, for people to step, take steps forward in obedience and faithfulness, and for that to be for both men and women who God is calling out to be a part of this work. So last one. Celebrating and supporting your goers. 
So this, again, is just something to think about as a church, some intentionality as people are walking through that process, as the Lord is calling them out to places. Are we as a church celebrating that along the way? Do people know that people are being sent from your church? Are they brought up and prayed for? Are they maybe highlighted regularly as they go out and even as they're on the field? This is part of and connected to that vision casting for sending. But is this something that we do as a church where we celebrate our sending? I think just to point back to the example of the church in Antioch, they sent two of their best leaders at the church. They weren't there originally when the church was planted. We know from chapter 11, it was planted by unnamed believers who were scattered because of the persecution. But Barnabas was sent by the church in Jerusalem to go to the church and to see what was happening. And when he said, when he got there, it says that he rejoiced. He was glad at the grace of God, what he'd done. Then he decided to stay and went and called Saul to come and join with him. And they taught the church for a year. So in a lot of ways, they were kind of like the stepfather of the church. They came in and they were there to shepherd and to teach after it had been planted to kind of walk them through that. And so they fulfilled a vital leadership role in the church. And so this is just part of the culture question for you. Are you willing and not just willing, but are you looking to send your best to the nations and to celebrate it when they go? I think this is just such a key heart issue for churches to consider When we highlight missions, are we ready for our best people to go? Are we ready for maybe some of our best leaders to stand up and say yes? And will we celebrate it when that happens? And I think there's a lot of really simple ways, but very meaningful ways to support your goers. Most people will go through some kind of missions organization, and that's great We are a part of a missions organization that takes such good care of us. However, it doesn't mean there isn't plenty of room for our local churches to be involved in sending us and caring for us. So I want to give just a few examples. You can just pretend I'm not a missionary for a minute so it doesn't feel like I'm, you know. Self-serving. Yes, self-serving. But we had a team member go back for a trip recently and her home church provided a car for her to use while she was home. That's a great service. We have a church that sends our family and many missionary families a nice big Amazon gift card every year at Christmas, just as a generous gift. Thank you so much. That is so kind. Uh, there's a church that provides maybe every year a retreat for their single missionaries on the field to love on them and care for them, provide member care for them. There are so many ways for churches to care for their missionaries, providing housing for them when they come back on their stateside, praying for them. Many of our team members have a monthly call with an advocacy team or a care team from their church who is there simply to stay in touch with them and pray for them and see if there's any needs that they can meet. Those are simple. There are people in your congregation who would love to do that and who are already so naturally gifted and just caring for people in those ways. That is one of the ways on the field that I think churches, sending churches in the States can be most effective is providing some of that ongoing care and prayer, just keeping up with people, keeping updated with what's going on with them. Um, One of our team members that came out, they were on a weekly prayer call with their care team. Now that's a high level of commitment from that side, from the sending church, but it just demonstrated the culture that had been cultivated there at the church of, hey, this is how we care for and love and support our sent ones. And that was just awesome. That was a huge blessing. While they were here, that was made demonstrable benefit in their life, 
here on the field as they were walking through difficult things, to just have that, know that they were going to have that weekly prayer call, that weekly support with people from the States who loved them and supported them. So that's it, folks. Six priorities for churches. Vision casting for sending, training for evangelism and disciple making, educating for missions, partnering strategically, training at sent ones, and celebrating and supporting your goers. So we are going to have a tool for the last episode on prepping goers and tell them about the tool we have for churches for this topic. This conversation, like we said, our last stateside, we spent a lot of time with churches just doing trainings and talking about these things, about how we can prioritize sending our people. And we kind of came up with an assessment, a church assessment that church leaders take that they literally just rate themselves on these different categories. Uh, one through six, even these that we just laid out to say, how are we doing as a church in each of these things? And it has been one of the most, I think, illuminating exercises for these churches to just be able to sit down, to have to rate themselves and say, man, are we doing a good job? It's really has led to next steps. I think it's led to a lot of action on the parts of the churches because we're going in, we're talking to people and they, they love the nations. They love missions. They want to be a part of it. The assessment helps to clarify for the church to say, hey, this is how we're doing in these things, and then help them clarify these are next steps that we could take to get better in these different areas. So that'll be there. That assessment will be available for download. I would encourage you to take it, sit with a group from your church at the very least, hopefully even the leadership team from your church. Take it and just ask and be ready for the Holy Spirit to move like he did in Antioch and to start saying things to your church and start leading you in certain areas and maybe even start calling out people from your church. And last week was my birthday, which I celebrated on an airplane. It was really exciting. And I wanted to let you all know, if you wanted to give me a birthday gift, then just go leave us a review today Okay. on your podcast app. That's good. That's good. Happy birthday to you with a review. (laughs) All right. Better be a good one. (laughs) Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week.